Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And the quarterfinals are set in Winston-Salem. It's been a full day of tennis for the men in North Carolina, for the women in both Chicago and Cleveland, and a very busy day of news off the court with the U.S. Open now only five days away. Welcome to another edition of Tennis Channel Live. On tonight's show, we'll get you all the highlights from the men and the women in the final hardcore tune-ups before this year's final major. And some of the biggest names in the history of women's tennis announcing they will miss the U.S. Open next week. We'll talk about the impact on the Open and on the game of tennis and our hot shot of the day. All that coming up. Hey, everybody. Welcome into our studio here in Santa Monica, California. Rob Simulcare, Nico Pereira. We're going to have John Wertheim joining us in a little bit as well. But, Nico, you just called a match that I really enjoyed, first of all. Carlos Alcaraz, on a day where some history was made in tennis for who's pulling out, who's not playing, we saw maybe the future of women's tennis in Carlos, in men's tennis, I should say, in Carlos Alcaraz, who really put on an impressive performance. Yeah, this is a guy that we don't see playing on the hard courts too much, but it was impressive and bizarre at the same time how he disappeared in that second yeah. set. But this young man has eyes on his veins, and what a shot maker. He possesses a ground game second to none, and only at 18 is what impresses the most. So glad to see Carlos there in the quarters. It would be a good opportunity for an American that has been playing really well this season. Marcos Giron has overcome a lot in his career, so looking forward to that quarterfinal match tomorrow. Guys, he won his match 7-6 in the third 24 hours ago. He comes back and wins this, drops to the second set, 6-love, and then recovers. So he can play on clay, he can play on hard courts, he can also recover. A lot of nice momentum heading into the U.S. Open for the teenager. All right, guys. Well, the day started with some big news from Serena Williams. Serena announcing earlier in the day that due to a hamstring injury, she just has not been able to get past since she had to pull out of Wimbledon. She will not be playing at the U.S. Open. Obviously, big news, disappointing news for Serena fans. And that was not the only big announcement of the day. Not the best news from Serena and I today. I, too, am unable to play the U.S. Open. It's super, super, super disappointing having some issues with my leg all this summer. I'm going to miss the Open. It's my favorite slam. I've had so many amazing memories there, and I can't wait to get back out on the court. Whenever that is, I'll work with my team to make it as soon as I can. And so, John, in just a couple hours this morning, two of the biggest names in the history of American tennis, both announcing they'll miss America's Grand Slam. What do you think the impact of this is, not just on next week's tournament, but on the sport as we go forward uh, past the pandemic into the post-pandemic era of this sport? 
We were all thinking of this as, as a transition year, and uh, it seems to be shaping up that way. This was the first time in a, in a quarter century since 1996, Atlanta Olympics, you know, Bill Clinton's first term. That's the last time the U.S. Open has had no Williams sister. Their combined age is 80, I mean, 40, 41, 39. Serena's going to be 40 in a few weeks. I mean, these are comically large numbers uh, to play competitive tennis. The Williams sisters have done it. They've defied that. But uh, it, it's a transition year for tennis, and this is another indication, guys. Well, we've been talking about this for a while. How do you end an illustrious career or such an illustrious career? We have Federer. We have Rafa struggling physically as well. Uh, I don't think Rafa is as close as Roger, Serena, or Venus. But Serena, in that quest for the 24th major, it just pains you not to, not to have her have a chance going to her favorite tournament and have the people coming back after two years. It would have been a celebration would have been a, a, a script ending. And, and Venus, we saw her play in Chicago a couple of days ago. We saw she's not at her best, so that is understandable. Too bad, Serena. She had to retire. Her last match was the first round at Wimbledon, three all in the first set against Sasnovich, and she has not played tennis ever since. They did as much as they could to get her back, but if she's not playing, it's because she's not ready. All right, guys, well, we're going to talk a lot more about this big news from the Williams sisters. But let's head down to Winston-Salem, where we had a lot of men's action today. We start with Dan Evans and Rishari Gasquet. John. Yeah, the battle of the one-handed backhand. We don't get that often. These two played here actually five years ago. That was their only encounter. A rematch today and a lot of flashy shot-making. A very tight match. Guys, we were talking last night about... Dan Evans, who won his first match since Wimbledon yesterday, but really hasn't been the same player that was so successful first half of the year. And more today, I mean, Gasquet is a very close match. Gasquet just seemed to win those bigger points, almost the identical number of points won between the two of them. Just a couple of breaks, but some nifty play by Gasquet. We've seen this before at age 35. He's gotten a nice little surge. Gasquet not playing great tennis overall in the year, but he looked terrific today heading into the Open, and uh, that's a nice win for him, a perplexing loss for Dan Evans. Meanwhile, Nico, Francis Tiafo coming off the win from Andy Murray, not experiencing a letdown today against Montero. That is not easy whenever you beat one of the great ones in the game, coming back against an opponent that you have to beat. There you see Tiafo punishing with the forehand today, taking the first set 7-5. He had an opportunity to run away with this one, maybe got a little too cute here. A spectacular point. Circus shot from Tiafo on the crowd, loving it. I love seeing the stands full there in Winston-Salem, a tournament that deserve it, and the players also deserve it. A credit to Montero. He fought, as he always does, the 27-year-old from Fortaleza, Brazil, fighting for every point. This guy is a consummate pro, but Francis Tiafo served up a storm today. He has greatly improved in that category and it's just great to see him winning matches going into the U.S. Open and he is in the quarterfinals and a firm candidate to go with the title here at Winston-Salem. All right, well, with the win, Tiafo finds himself back in the top 50. He was there, dropped out, and now he's back. And, John, this is a guy who you saw, he, he can bring the excitement. He got that crowd into it in North Carolina. He saw a couple of trick shots there. And so this is a guy that I think folks in New York can be excited to see next week. I love this dude, man. Uh, that, that is not my quote. That's what Andy Murray said last night after Francis defeated him. This is a player who is 
so likable. His game is so likable. I'm hard pressed to think of another player that feeds off the crowd more than Francis does. And he's been, sometimes he's been a bit hindered by his ability to close out matches while he's closed out two very well in North Carolina. Some really nice positive signs heading to New York. Well, he'll have a real chance to feed off a crowd again. His athleticism never in question. I was worried at the beginning a couple of years ago to, for the fact that he was so effusive that sometimes he will pump himself out of a match. He's been able to control that. I think Wayne Ferreira has done a great job working with him personally for the last year or so. And I think Francis Tiafo at 23 is well on his way to having a great tennis career. All right, the women are playing this week in both Chicago and Cleveland. We start in Cleveland, Caroline Garcia against Annette Kontervite. Well, Caroline Garcia, an ex-top tenor, great player in her own right, aggressive player, but Annette Kontervite, the second seed here this week, is a player that sometimes flies a little bit under the radar. Here we see her with the wrap left half and she was moving fine throughout the match it was under her control after that 3-0 game it was all contributed from there a very consistent player she can get aggressive short shot with that forehand Caroline Garcia was just never in it and here we have her a triple match point in a court that's playing pretty fast I would think Garcia would have had a chance in this one but Annette contribute very solid win Meanwhile, over in Chicago, it was the Olympic bronze medalist, Alina Svitolina. They had to suspend a match yesterday with Fiona Farrow, but they got back at it today, and Svitolina was on point. This is our top seed. This is a medalist from Tokyo, and she was playing a player who plays not dissimilarly. I mean, they're actually fairly similar players, but there's nothing really that Farrow does better than Svitolina. Certainly doesn't serve better, and she only held serve four times. Six breaks of serve for Svitolina. A close match, a well-played match, but four and four of the top seed moves on. Svitolina looking in control of her game, and, you know, Nico, I, I, I kind of have a feeling about Svitolina going into New York. I mean, she's had a, a, a good year. We've talked about the, the, the wedding to Gael Monfils. We, we see her playing well. She had a good Olympics. And, you know, listen, Ash Barty, obviously the prohibitive favorite, I think, right now in New York. But Svitolina, I think, is someone you've got to be paying, paying some attention to. Well, I hope so. John didn't believe that the love situation was going to play into it. But I think she can get inspired. I think that she believes it. Remember, at the beginning of her career, she was struggling. She couldn't get past the quarterfinals in the Grand Slams. And I think that she can break through. She can consider that medal also a breakthrough. And why not dream? She seems to be moving very well and being a counterpart. I think that's a key ingredient to her success in New York. All right. Well, we're going to talk some more about the news of the day in tennis. How will it feel to be in New York next week with no Roger Federer, no Serena Williams, no Venus as well? Do they have anything left in the tank for another magical run? We'll talk it over when we come back on TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Absolutely devastating scenes. 
any player, no less any champion, wants to walk off a court on their own terms, even in defeat. It still may be too early to ask, but might this be the last we see Serena Williams on center court? And so that was Serena Williams walking off the court at Wimbledon. We heard today she will not be able to make it to the U.S. Open. And, of course, Roger Federer will not be there as well. Two of the legends of the game. One 40 years old, one about to turn 40. And just look at these numbers. The titles, 43 Grand Slams, 11 U.S. Open titles between them. So, you know, this is Nico, I think, clearly going to be a big part of the story. We don't want it to be the entire story in New York because there's a lot of good tennis to be played. But when you look at Serena, let's start with her. She's trying to get that 24th. She's had amazing success in New York, six titles, seven, of course, at Wimbledon. But was New York, did it feel like to you maybe it was her best chance to find that 24th given it's her home slam? Well, this year, of course, she missed so much tennis the last season going into the French Open that she was gearing towards New York. Her best chance for me was at Wimbledon, theoretically, but she was not ready physically because she had not played enough tennis. So she was gearing up in order to get to New York in that best chance situation. The problem is the pressure. I think that in New York she feels it too much. Remember 2015, she had that semifinal loss to Vinci. She just gets too nervous. The pages of guests are, are just too long. She has a lot of people and she has a lot of responsibility with herself. She just feels the pressure a lot in New York. So I I would feel that if she manages to come back, her best chance is at Wimbledon. Yeah, you know, John, I mean, Serena's had an interesting history in New York. Yeah, it's been a, uh, for for 20 plus years now, um, it it has been a textured history. Sometimes there have been some some tremendous highs. I mean, the Reason uh, we have a women's final and no Super Saturday, in part of so Venus and Serena can play each other in prime time. Uh, we, we've also had some of uh, the, the lower moments and more complicated moments of her career. It would be nice if she had some sort of send-off. I mean, the one thing I think Serena needs now is matches. And it was not, not a big surprise today's announcement, but even if she had decided to play, it would be really hard to see her sort of parachuting in, not having played a single match since Wimbledon, and doing real damage here. So I think we all are sort of, we, we understand the reality here. We understand age. We understand how father time works. I think we're all sort of holding out hope that Serena Williams continues on. It would be nice if she got the grand send off she deserves in New York. But I think more than anything, she needs consistent matches because unfortunately the days of her sort of parachuting into a major and winning, which she was able to do in her twenties and even her early thirties, I think we're all pretty much uh, in agreement that those days are no longer uh, with us. Absolutely, John. And, of course, that, that goes for Venus as well. It's been a while since she was in that position. Let's bring Federer into this conversation as well. And, you know, this is the thing about tennis is after a while you, you don't get the matches in, you start to lose the ranking points. You start to, you know, be in a harder position when it comes to seeding in the big tournaments and age Obviously a factor, slower healing from injuries. John, can you see either Serena or Federer finding a way to get back on one more run somewhere to give tennis fans what they want, which is one more shot of one of them holding up a trophy? Yeah, I mean, a a lot has to go right. Um, A a lot could go right. I mean, it starts with their health, and I think uh, both of them just need to, to repair and get back to being healthy, you know, a few weeks ago, Roger Federer played to the second week of Wimbledon on, on a bum, uh, on a bum knee. I mean, six months 
ago, Serena Williams was beating Arena Sabalenka and Simona Halep and getting to the semifinals of the Australian Open. So we're not that far, but I think the the older they get and the longer we've been, I mean, you know, I'm, it'll, it'll be five years since Serena won a major. And I think sort of the longer we get from that, the more has to go right. But I, I think just kind of line 1A is their health. And if both of them can take the next four months or whatever it is until Australia to repair, I think that's the first step in this. Uh, we, we can all still hope, but I think, um, you know, that, that, that window is getting narrower and narrower. Yeah, and you wonder how much, you know, sand is, is left in that hourglass. And, and for both of them, I think it's just highly unlikely, but I'm not going to sit here and start doubting these two great champions. We'll just have to mm -hmm. celebrate what they have achieved to win another slam. I think, you know, those are major words. I just wish that they can say goodbye properly when they feel and how they feel like it. That is all they deserve. And I've been wondering this for the past five, six years. How do you dismount from such a mm. great career? Mm -hmm. And that is going to be something worth watching. But I just wish wholeheartedly that they manage to do it the way they feel like they should. You know, it's kind of like uh, what, what I tell my kids when they're sad that, that a play date's over or something. Don't, don't, be, <laughs> don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened, right? Yeah, and I mean, right. this was an incredible thing for tennis fans to, to witness for now 20-plus years. And I think that's the right question. Like, wh what do you think the right goodbye looks like for Roger Federer or Serena? Where do you think it is? I mean, you certainly got to figure for Federer, it's Wimbledon. You'd think Serena, New York. But what, what do you think that looks like? And does it look like one more run to a semifinal? I don't think it's my place to, to say where it should be. They deserve to to find their own spot. I, I would think Roger would be thinking maybe in Basel that he has his tournament and it, that is his home. Maybe uh, Labor Cup that he created and he enjoys so much. And if he does well in a slam, maybe that would be it. We know Serena is chasing a record. Ro Roger is not. So that is one difference between those two. Yeah, I, I just hope it's... Uh... It is their decision and not the MRI's decision right. because um, they they both deserve. I mean, it, it sounds trite. I mean, it sounds like sort of a boilerplate sports cliche, but they deserve to go out on their terms, making the decisions and not uh, physical injury. And unfortunately, that's where we are right now. So we, we wish them both well. It is the reality of sports. Well, for more on on Serena, on Roger on their incredible legacy and, of course, what they've got to decide going forward. Check out Tennis.com. Steve Tignor with a great article and some good books coming out on both of them as well that you'll want to check out. All right, when we come back, we still have our hot shot of the day. Plus, what kind of food are these two players craving in New York, a place where you can find some pretty good food? We'll have them weigh in on their debate coming up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not. She's playing singles, Bethany is. Age 36, and this is a player in Shui who's ranked more than 300 spots higher. This was a terrific, entertaining match. It's great to see that uh, Bethany, who had a very nice singles career in her own right, 
She can play solo. She can play one-on-one. -on -one. She had nine aces today. Shui's a top 50 player, some double success of her own. So these two knew each other's games and Shui ended up winning this match. But six, four, seven, six, good stuff for Bethany. Congrats. All right, well, let's take a look at what was going on on social media today. And we've talked a lot about Venus and Serena pulling out of the U.S. Open. That was not the only announcement of someone pulling out today. Sophia Kennan, the 2020 Australian Open champion, announcing later in the day that she has tested positive for COVID-19. Despite being vaccinated, by the way, a breakthrough case, she's decided that she's not going to be able to get to the U.S. Open. So a disappointment for Kennan, who had that amazing 2020 winning the Aussie Open, finalist at Roland Garros. But, Nico, we will not see her in New York. Well, she has been struggling with her tennis, but this is something much more serious. And may this serve as an example for everybody, not only tennis players, to be aware and to use common sense and just to be ready because she was vaccinated and she tested positive, as has a lot of people. So please, everybody, let's do our part with this, this thing that has just been harassing us for the last couple of years. All right. Well, on a much lighter note, and I love this, Riley Opelka talking about players coming to New York and going to Chipotle, making the, the dining decisions that they make. And, John, as a New Yorker, I find it outrageous that a player would come and go to one of these places. <laughs> Far be it for me to disparage Chipotle. They are creatures of habit, these tennis players are. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've got Cheesecake Factory, Chipotle, very, very popular on the road. But, yeah, you can do uh, flat fixes. Give them a shout-out at Union Square. You can do a lot better Mexican food than Chipotle. Uh, Taylor Fritz, do the right thing, buddy. Well, listen, Riley is only 23. He has time. I like his artistic take. You know, I like where, where he's going. He has time to learn. All right, well, here's Arena Sabalenka practicing her serve. And this is an interesting way to practice it. She's basically using her coach for target practice. <laughs> and that is something a lot of people do. You just have to be there. And Sabalenka went all at it. She didn't take anything off that serve. So that coach is pretty trusting. It's just a good thing she doesn't hit that hard. It's a good thing she doesn't have a lot of power. That guy could... Re oh, wait a second. Um, yeah, we saw Roger Federer and uh, Gael Monfils a few months ago. This is uh, potentially uh, a repeat of that. All right. Well, hey, if it works, it works. Apparently, it worked right there. All right, when we come back, we're going to look at Thursday's schedule. we got a full day starting at 10 a.m., tennis in the land in Cleveland, then Chicago at noon, and Winston-Salem, the men, starting at 3. More TC Live coming up in a minute. The U.S. Open kicking off next week on Monday, and Tennis Channel is all over it. Tune in each morning at 10 o'clock Eastern for a one-hour Tennis Channel live pregame show. Then, after play is over, you can catch encores of the best matches every night at midnight. It all begins Monday in Flushing Meadow. Hot shot of the day, Nico, and it was Pablo Carreño Busta. The number 12 player in the world on the run with the cross-court forehand Ooh. angle over Kupfer. Check it out. Look at where Kupfer is. Still has no chance. They were like playing mini tennis there inside the service box. That's an insane angle, I just want to say. And there's Pablo Carreño Busta, the number one seed in Winston-Salem. He'll be in action tomorrow. A couple of matches I like here. Gasquet, Roussevori, and then Michael Emer and Francis Tiafo. 
John, what jumps out at you? Francis and Emer. Yeah, how about Francis and Emer? Those are uh, two flashy athletic players. Uh, both of them can play on the hard courts. And then I'm just, maybe it's the recency effect. I've got Alcaraz fever. I mean, I was so impressed with him the last two days. We'll see if he can keep it going against the former UCLA Bruin, Marcus Giron. Yeah, I agree with uh, with John. That that We just saw Alcaraz for the first time here playing on prime time at 18, and we saw what he did, and Giron deserves to be here, deserves a bit of spotlight after all his struggles. His guy has fought hard to be here. I can't wait to watch that match, and I wish both of these guys a lot of success, but I just like watching these kind of confrontations. This guy has had a tough road there. Alcaraz has seemed to do everything first, the first guy to be ranked in the top 600 by, by 18, the first everything. This guy promises to be a champion. All right, well, on a day where we saw some of the biggest names in the history of tennis announce they won't be joining us in New York, we get a chance tomorrow to see some of the names that will be joining us in New York. For the, both the men and the women, a lot of new faces on the horizon. We'll see them all in Cleveland, Chicago, and Winston-Salem tomorrow. We'll wrap it all up with Tennis Channel Live. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. Have a great night.